Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Quite a few of our podcast topics come from recommendations from listeners and community members, and today is no exception. This is actually an encore presentation of an early, early episode called What is an Akron? I was having lunch with a listener and member, and I was asking him what kind of podcast topics helped him the most. What did he like? Is it the back-to-basic stuff like What is an Akron? Or some of the deeper topics we covered? He mentioned this episode is one that opened his eyes to a few things he didn't know about. We're going to follow our holiday tradition of releasing an encore episode, and we can thank Jeff for recommending this one. You can tell it's an old one. It it makes me laugh every time I hear it. The enthusiasm that we start the episode with is really funny. Well, to me anyway. (laughs) Here we go. Hey, Kevin. Today we're going to talk about acronyms. We are. Akron is an acronym. It's a word that's made up of letters, right? So it stands for accounting classification reference number. And in short, it's how the money is tracked on contracts. And it's kind of important. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's worth getting into, into the weeds a little bit about today. So what is an acron? You just said it's an accounting classification reference number. And acrons are a Department of Defense kind of thing. So it's in the DFAR, the Defense FAR supplement. And it's actually 204.7107. And I think that's our only FARI type of reference today. It is. And this time we're getting it out early. Yeah. So DFARS says, actually gives us the definition of it. And an acron means any combination of a two-position alphanumeric code used as a method of relating the accounting classification citation to detailed line item information contained in the schedule. Schedule's the contract. Whew. If you're still awake, you have to be to you. That's what, the only reading what, today, too. What that really means is an acron takes a really big chunk of information and takes it down to a two-digit number and or letter combination to make it easier for everyone to understand. So there's the definitional part. Really, what an acron does is the important part. Acrons are how the government allocates funding to government contracts and puts them into different buckets. That's the word I'll use to describe it. It's a, it's a bucket of money. And the contract can have one, several, or a lot of acrons because it can have one, several, or a lot of funding sources. And remember, the money can come from lots of sources who all need the same thing on the contract. There may be only one CLIN, that's the work getting done, but it's being funded by lots of different places. So you end up with a lot of acrons, which is why this can get complicated. So the government, in this case, the Department of Defense, uses what they call long line accounting. And they call it long line because there's lots of little codes and it can be seven to 12 fields of data, right? And and each service may be a little bit different, but the concept is the same. You're trying to figure out where did this money come from? Who's the customer? What's the funding here, et cetera, et cetera. We take all that and you break it down to two letters or two two numbers or letters. So instead of 50 digits, you as the contracting officer or as the industry contracts, people only have to deal with two letters or a letter and a number or something like that. So the good news is that that rather than using this long line of accounting, which is this big story you just described, they usually use AA is the first one, and then AB is the second one, and AC, and then AD, and then they recycle when they hit uh, through AZ, and then it becomes BA and BB, and it goes on and on. But the point here is that the Akron's actually can't repeat 
if you think about what you're doing here is that you're that that line of accounting has such specificity to it that you need to have one reference to it. It's a unique identifier. There you go. So you end, what, what happens over particularly a contract that's funded over several years by lots of different customers, you can end up with a lot of them. So story here is my record that I could think of off the top of my head <laughs> was we got as high as acronym CD. So if you're counting, that's 55 different acronyms. And those are 55 different combinations of year of funding, customers, et cetera, et cetera. And so imagine that you're, in addition to everything else that can make a government contract complicated, you have 55 different funding sources to track through these acronyms with all these different letters. It wasn't acronym BA, it was acronym BC. See how 55 buckets. <laughs> so you want to keep that as simple as you can, but that's, that's what those uh, can, can turn into. And sometimes it's just life as a contracting officer. That's how it goes. Before we go any farther, we should link this to the acquisition time zones, which is pretty easy because we're not really talking about the acquisition world here. We're talking about the execution side of it. So after a contract awarded, this is when Akron's really kick in. Yes, we are squarely in the execution zones for this kind of stuff. Why is this so important? This is important because it's how money is segregated. It's how it's bucketed on the contract. Remember Clint's? I do. <laughs> CLINs are how the work is segregated on the contract. And we talked about that in the What is a CLIN episode. And in that, in that particular episode, we talked about, we compared CLINs to like the frame of the house. Uh, the contract type is the foundation of how the house is built. And then the CLINs are like the frame. Well, think of the Akron's as like the plumbing and the electricity that, that flows throughout the house, right? So without them, the building will stand, but it won't really work. Yeah, that's a good add-on to the analogy. The important thing to remember about Akron's is if you have more than one, everyone on both sides needs to understand the expectations for billing and, and paying money for this. And what I mean is if it's not a fire and forget kind of contract, like I want to buy one of those, here I delivered it, here's your money, you might have more than one Akron. If you do, how are those going to be paid? Do you pay based on a first in, first out kind of arrangement? Like Akron AA gets all paid out or billed out and paid out. Then you go to AB, then you go to AC. Are you supposed to bill equally across AB, AC, and AD? How are you going to do it? Well, how do you figure that out? You check the payment instructions, which are? In section G of the contract. Section G, nice. So more Akrons give you more insight into how the money is obligated and expended. Which, I mean, that seems like a good thing, knowing how all the money is obligated and expended. But more acronyms also mean more administrative effort for both sides. That it's, it's unrelated to the actual work that needs to be accomplished or the, the mission that you're trying to support. And that's a bad thing unless you're a finance person or an accounting that actually administrating this stuff. And then it's a good thing. It's job security. And, and this can create a lot of, it does, not can, it does create a lot of administrative work if not done correctly. And if you're, if you're not realizing when you, this is that, you're throwing a rock in the pond, if you don't understand where those ripples go and how they tend to multiply, because you can end up with modifications that you're doing just to manage acronyms. I've done dozens of them. And the customer, the person who needs the equipment, who needs the internet to work, you know, whatever you're buying, they could care less. And the contractor, the money's all green. So you're, Think about this is this becomes something that only the contracting officer because he wants a contract to work and the accounting people care about. Yep. And every mod requires multiple people on both sides to touch it. That's time, that's money. Kind of yes. wasted. 
Let's get specific about why the government should care here. Well, if, if a CO signs a contract without it, meaning without the right money, it's a violation of the Anti-Deficiency Act. And it's kind of like writing a check that's going to bounce. So like, for example, one of the things that I would always do before I sign is look at that long line of accounting because I knew whether or not it was the right type of funds and it was in the right year. I could just you do this long enough and you can see which elements in the code tell you if it's the money you can actually spend. But the point is you have to have an Akron for these type contracts to be able to award them because you've got to have money. And this is where the money sits. So no long line equals no Akron, no Akron equals, well, no contract really. No money. And you, yeah, let's not let's not award contracts without money. That's that's bad mojo. And another reason that the government, the contracting officer, the customer cares is that going back to the plumbing analogy, that the plumbing needs to work, right? If you have leaks in your house, they're bad. And the analogy would be that funding sources dry up, the money expires. I mean, that, that's that's money leaking out of your contract. Um, if you have stopped up pipes because there's a wrong funding source or the Akron doesn't match the year and the contracting officer says, uh, dude, I can't sign this. It's not the right money because the Akron's not right. Uh, you can have frozen pipes because the money's not obligated to the right clin, and you got to do a modification to move the money, and, and I could take this now <laughs> to the moon, but you get the idea. Yeah, it's like you, just, maybe you already you get, did take it to the moon. <laughs> and we're done. Plumbing, all right. But the, the big one here is that don't expect the contractor or, or maybe even your customer to really understand Akron's. So be aware that when you say, well, the Akron's not right, that, that may not mean anything to people who just want the contract to be awarded. It's complicated, and it's something that's not common outside of the government world and outside of the DOD world. Akrons are a contract's way of accommodating the needs of, of accounting folks to track money, to track money that's obligated and expended. They're used to help them manage the funds outside of the contract. The government agencies have to keep books, right? You got you got to keep money in, money out, and report on that. They're all responsible for reporting how their money was used responsibly because we're talking taxpayer dollars here. But all these mechanisms to to manage the money outside the contract actually create how we manage money on the contract. And it, it's a slippery slope. We, we've said three or four times already, more Akron's means more administrative effort. And you got to understand what that means. One recent development, and this is a new DFARS thing that didn't exist back in the good old days. I love saying that because they weren't my good old days weren't that long ago. But <laughs> DFARS says you, you need to create informational subclins for each Akron. So, you know, going back to CLINs, CLINs are used to segregate the work, different kinds of work, or work that requires a different contract type, or otherwise is segregable. And every CLIN creates works for both sides. Now, within a CLIN, you're creating informational sublines instead of just saying, here's the Akron's and here much is, here's how much money is on each Akron or in each bucket. Now you have a separate, what looks like a contract line item to segregate that. But it's not a real contract line item. It's an informational contract line item. Great. And this is yet another example of when somebody throws a policy out there that says, hey, well, let's track the individual accounting on the, at the contract level through subclins. That statement, which if you even understood it, sounds like it's not going to create that much work. But like you just described, it, it, it creates administrativia that you have to question whether or not this is the best place to do it. Now, yeah. the reason I, we're not going to try and fix the policy. What I want people to understand is this is one of the things that your contract manager, your customer, everybody's dealing with, and it's one of the reasons that contracts can take longer, is you got to 
get this stuff right the first time. It seems like Akron's already exist to segregate different types of money. So if you have that on a contract, I don't understand why you need a line item linked to each Akron. It seems like you do away with one or the other, but. It's because they haven't heard this podcast yet. It simplifies the story. (laughs) So let me use another kind of maybe busted analogy. Let's see if this one compares to your plumbing stuff, Kevin. Bring it. So imagine that you sell apples. This is what you do. And to understand how much money you're going to make from selling apples, how much you're going to sell that year, or to understand how much fertilizer you need or how many workers you need, there's lots of ways to look at that. So you know you have an an orchard or maybe multiple orchards. So you could estimate things based on the orchard. You know within each orchard, there's rows of trees. So you could estimate based on the number of rows that you have in each orchard. To get a level lower, it's helpful if you know how many trees are in each row in each orchard. And at that level, you can probably get a pretty good estimate of how things are working. So now imagine if, in order to do this, you have to get down to counting how many apples are on each tree in each row in each orchard. Suddenly, it's a lot more work than counting trees or counting rows or counting orchards, right? And the way I see this Akron an informational subclin thing is this is taking the contract down to counting the seeds in the apples, in the trees, in the rows, in the orchards. And <laughs> I'm not saying seeds are bad things, right? As a taxpayer, the government should care about every little seed, every little dollar here. But I'm not sure that the contract needs to be segregated by the seeds. Maybe the contract just needs to be segregated at the tree level to stretch that analogy. Does that make sense? It's funny, it's like taking the activity-based costing model and sticking it on the contract. And you could argue from, and you should argue as an accountant that activity-based costing is a great way to be able to tell, okay, where are we making or losing money? I get that. But that's an accounting function, not a contract function. And not that I'm trying to make stovepipes, but this, this is a weird story is a great example of if you're counting the seeds inside the funding line on the contract, when the customer really cares about, where's my jet, dude? Or where's my body armor? Or, you know, where's my, where's my software developer? They don't care about the seeds. They want the result. So the purpose of the contract is to make that as simple as possible. And your point is that if you're counting the seeds on the contract, which if you're doing informational subclins, you kind of are. But since you and I aren't going to change that policy, the best way is to educate people on this is why it's going to take 5% longer to get that mod approved than it used to. Because now <laughs> right. this is a policy they got to deal with. And that leads us right to why should industry care? It's a policy that both sides have to deal with. It's very, very important because this is how you get paid industry. This is how you invoice. Yeah, there's that. It's how the money is bucketed on your contract. So in most cases, in order to get paid, you're going to have to track the funding on your contract by Akron and identify which Akron you're billing against when you submit an invoice. It wasn't always like this. You used to just send a bill by by CLIN, and then the government was responsible for deciding which money they were going to use. And they usually had instructions in the contract for themselves that said, you know, the most common thing was, was pay using oldest funds first. So they want to make sure that they emptied out the bucket that was going to be expiring first before they use the next one. But now, instead of the government 
being responsible for deciding which money to use. They push that onto industry where you have to bill in their systems by the correct Akron so that the systems can automatically pay. So it's one of those weird things where they've created a lot more work for everyone by getting down to the seeds. Ah, I'm still rocking the analogy. <laughs> See, you're on fire today. And, and here's a little secret is that the government team thinks the Akrons are a Byzantine quagmire of codes. I always wanted to use the word quagmire on a podcast. And they're, they're, they're complex. I mean, it's, it's annoying, right? But it's the system we have. I mean, don't think that the government team likes dealing with these. Yeah, just- no one's saying, hey, let's put as many Akrons on there as we can. Except maybe the uh, the auditors who are, tra- who are auditing their books want, want to add those. Auditors like complexity. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Sorry, but, they don't like the complexity, is- they like compliance. Yes, that's true. And the thing is, if you screw this up, you won't get paid in a timely manner. And it creates things and, and creates problems that your customer, i.e. the government team, wants you to not create for them. So I'll, I'll let you kind of talk through the idea of, you know, you've, you've submitted more actual invoices than I have. So you know, what's, what's this like from your perspective that makes it harder to do? So before I tell a little story, industry, if you understand how this works, your government customers are going to find you easier to deal with because here's how it goes. If you screw this up, you're not going to get paid in a timely manner or or not going to get paid all, at all if you never figure it out. So it's going to cost you money for the administrative time to keep tra- trying to track things and resubmitting invoices. But it's also going to frustrate you to no end and it's going to frustrate your customer if it's bad enough it could reflect your performance assessments and prevent you from getting future contracts just because you don't understand how to bill correctly. So let me describe what I'm talking about with don't understand how to bill correctly. So if you're in the DOD world, you're likely using the wide area workflow to load your invoices into the system, right? If you don't understand what codes go where and which acronyms can be billed against which lines, you may not be able to get your it to accept your invoice. You may not be able to actually submit a bill. Or you may technically use the right stuff that the system will accept, but then it gets to the government and they can't approve it to for payment because it doesn't match what was intended. So now you go back into the do loop. It's rejected. You have to start over. And the reason this is important, not only is it costing you time and money, but government people, they get graded on experience obligating and expending funds. And if they don't properly obligate their money on time and then expend it on time, it doesn't seem like they're getting their job done to the powers that be. And they may not get budget to do that again the next year because they're not doing a good job of managing taxpayer dollars. So you may have done the work, which is a good thing that they're going to, they would get credit for that, but they can't take credit for it because they haven't received and paid a bill to prove that those those funds are expended. And that's a bad thing. So what sounds like a simple thing, understanding how to get paid, can get very complicated when there's lots of acronyms. If you don't get it right, it can actually wreck your ability to do future work with the government. That seems kind of weird that such a simple thing, you know, like delivering what they need for the mission seems like what well, would be important. But if this goes wrong, in an extreme case, you might not get more contracts just because you don't understand how to bill. This is a great example of what we talk about the 80-20 rule, where a government contract is 80% process and 20% relationship. 
and this is part of the, the 20% relationship is that a, a company who doesn't do this well is going to be seen as a high maintenance contractor. And I, I can think of three or four that I've had our contract, or my, in this case, my contract specialist spent a couple of hours each month working this company through how to fill out wide area workflow correctly. Does that happen? Yes. Is it, is it the right thing to do? Yes. But the point is, that's not her superpower. Her superpower is helping me get contracts awarded, not making sure that the contractor who should know how to do this is not doing it. And does it sound unfair? Sure, but it's a reality. Don't be a high maintenance contractor. Make sure you understand these. And that's your point, Paul, is that if you don't know how to, this stuff works, you end up creating work for other people unwittingly. And, and honestly, that was a nice thing for her to do is to help them figure it out. She could have been like, you know, it's your problem, which a lot of contracting officers may do because they have the right to be like, dude, you figure out how to submit your own invoices which is mean, but, you know, that's the world we live in sometimes. <laughs> okay, let's summarize and wrap this up, Kevin. I've implied through my comments in this conversation that <laughs> I think the whole Akron thing is probably out of control. And that's just because that's my side of the story. I've had to live with the added complexity that all of these Akrons make. You said at some point, you know, hey, government folks don't like them any more than we do. The reason why there's so many Akrons and all this complexity right now is that the government is trying to get all of their agencies to have auditable books. So they, they, they like, is required of public corporations, they want to be able to understand where all the money goes. And until recently, there wasn't a single government agency that could, could say that they've had a clean audit where they, they passed. So I understand why this has happened. And- this is the example of, of, it's like plumbing, right? No one likes it except plumbers, but we all need it to work. In your example of it, we, we want auditable books. And this is, this is the path to get us there. As yeah, and a, I expect it's going to get worse before it gets better, right? At the Agencies are trying, doing whatever they can to make sure that they can be auditable. Because if they're not auditable, they're not going to get any money anymore. That's kind of the way the rules work. Congress has said, if we can't audit your books, we're not giving you any more. So agencies are going crazy trying to make sure that they can audit their books. So that's why I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Agencies are going to do whatever they have to to make sure that they get have a clean audit opinion. And once they pass the audit, then they can get back to figuring out how to, how to help efficiency and how to make things better. But it's not going to be until they pass their audit. And, and as a taxpayer, you kind of like the idea of when Congress gives you $100 million, they actually know where it went. I'm, or, I'm oversimplifying, but that, that's the feeling. $100 billion? More, yeah, over, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm trying to keep it, you know, kind of at the same level. And so, all right, let me wrap the whole idea around this. This is communication again. Both sides understanding what the acronym is and what it is not and how it can make contract management easier or a complete nightmare if you don't manage it correctly. So th this is a great example of, of a great opportunity for both sides to communicate. And, and the idea of we've been on both sides and now we realize that, wow, Akron's is something that I'd never really even thought about, people not understanding. But that's the plumbing. They got to understand how the, the water flows from this room to that room and how the electricity makes my computer work. That same idea inside the contract, they got to get that. So hope this helped. So going back to the beginning where we talked about acquisition time zones and we said this is the execution zone, if you understand your customer ahead of time, this is the communication thing, this is the relationship thing. If you understand your customer, you'll understand how they use Akron's and it'll help you 
in the earlier zones, like the RFP zone, when you're creating your proposal, you need to understand how much administrative effort it's going to be to manage this contract. If you don't understand your customer and how they use Akron's, you may underestimate or overestimate the amount of effort it's going to take to management. So just kind of made it full circle there. How do you like that? And nicely done. Put a, put, put, wrapped a bow around this podcast. <laughs> okay. Thanks everyone. If you like the contracting officer podcast, please tell a friend. The best way for new people to find out about this podcast is just for you to tell people. Remember that most of our topics are listener driven. So if you have a topic that you'd think would be good for the podcast, Send me a note at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Okay, that's it for this Encore throwback episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, or running a business with government contracts. We speak GovCon. Whether you're brand new to GovCon, just got your first contract, or you're already a successful government contractor, Being a Skyway community member gives you the edge. With our extensive tools and training, exclusive member discounts on consulting support, and a supportive and active community of peers to help you along the way, the Skyway community is the perfect place for anyone who is serious about winning new business. To learn more, call 877-884-5280 or check us out at skywaymember.com. We'll see you next week. I was going to say, now you can tell your story. This is the whole, you're qualified to tell the story better than me and and you'll make it funny. So go, just don't say (laughs) that was funny, but you can't use that.